and welcome to the first ever episode of the podcast. So just a quick rundown. So the podcast will be covering um, just the newest updates um, from any financial magazines or news articles. Um, so yeah, stay tuned and listen. So the first episode um, is just from the Financial Standard magazine. And yeah, I'm just going to read a few articles from there. So the first article is called Wage Subsidy to Rescue Advice Industry. So with just 65 new names appearing on the ASIC Financial Advisor Register in 2020, the rapid decline in advisor numbers has industry experts calling for a wage subsidy to incentivize advice practices to take higher graduates. In its pre-budget submission, the Association of Financial Advisors AFA recommended the government introduce a $10,000 wage subsidy for employing professional year students, citing the significant cost involved in bringing on a new entrant whose contribution to the business may be limited. According to Rainmaker analysis of the ASIC Fair FAR 3318, advisors departed the industry in 2020. Commenting on the shrinking industry, Profusion Group Director Chris Gordon says the attrition will continue for at least another two to three years, especially this year. However, I don't believe the the numbers will be as high as expected. Still, according to the AFA, a roadblock still exists in the form of the professional year, which many small practices cannot afford to finance. With almost half of the ASIC FAR yet to complete, the FASIA exam and the deadline to do so is fast approaching. Gordon says he will be watching the number of exam enrolments for an indication of the direction the industry is going in. So far, Gordon says private wealth firms have been the most active recruiters of financial advisors with profusion over the past 12 months. Large super funds have been focused on their digital or robo-advice offering as they took to reduce costs and staffing requirements, he says. Intra-fund phone-based teams have also grown. However, for face-to-face advisors, senior advisors, growth is stable with majority of vacancies being replaced replacement roles as opposed to growth, Gordon says. However, case and recruitments, Simon Gavalda says super funds are looking for a very particular brand of advisor. Most super funds prefer advisors that come from a background within superannuation or a large larger corporate and who have a strong technical knowledge of superannuation, he says. Advisors with a proven track record of managing a client book have strong interpersonal skills and solid technical experience are always in demand. But the requirement of a proven track record isn't the only theme at Superfunds. Both Gordon and Gedvelder acknowledge that firms are narrowing their candidate pool when hiring advisors to just those who are very experienced. But this too could be the 
detriment of the industry. As it stands for a new generation to enter the industry and turn dwindling advisors' numbers around, advice firms are going to have to step up. Striver, head of partnerships and growth, Scott Bunny, says financial advice needs to start with embracing graduates in new ways, both those with FASIA-approved degrees and related degrees. I think all the regulations and degrees and professional years are compliance and compliance and paperwork has really made employers nervous about getting it wrong from a HR perspective. We need to drive it in another way, he says. Some practices are still stuck in the mindset that a person who is green out of uni can't help them. There's a feeling of I don't have time to train someone and a lack of awareness on how to attract, retain and develop a culturally aligned graduate. Bunny says what firms are failing to realise is the benefits they can reap from training up a graduate. Even if that person leaves you down the track or doesn't become an advisor, the two years of bandwidth and assistance they give you will provide you with return on investment and provide the profession with more qualified supply of talent, he says. And Gordon says such opportunities are highly sought after. A very attractive proposal for less experienced advisors is to buddy up with a senior advisor in support or servicing role with a pathway to move into a full advisor in the medium to long term, Gordon says. However, most businesses, he says, he's seen hiring junior staff want them to already have completed their professional year. Gordon says this means the industry is missing out on candidates who want to step up. Bunny agrees. We have to attract people who are tempted by other professions. After a couple of years of support work, you'll have someone who is ready to come more wholly in advice via the professional year. That's a tricky part as a profession we need to manage. We need to reduce the friction in hiring graduates. So that was it for the first article. The second article out of this magazine is called Maple Brown Abbott Sees Win for Value. The emerging market rotation from growth to value signals a trend which may see value valuations adjust significantly in 2021, according to Maple Brown Abbott. Head of Australian Equities, Dougal Maple Brown, said the market is at the beginning of a new cycle and believe, believes it is values time to shine. There was a significant market shift in favour of value in the last quarter of 2020, with a number of growth stocks tracking sideways or underperforming while value stocks outperformed. He said, a couple of factors drove this, such as a new, uh, sorry, such as the news of a successful COVID-19 vaccine and its speedy, speedy rollout in many countries, as well as the US election result both of which has helped push long bond yields higher. Mabel Brown said that although the price earnings ratios of the most expensive stocks in Australian market have started to come down, they remain 
they remain extremely high. At the same time, we are see, seeing good pockets of value despite the overall market still trading on the expensive side, he said. Head of Asia-specific adequates, Jeff Bazin said, despite the impacts of the pandemic, last year was a strong year for Asian markets, finishing the year strong and offsetting first half losses. We also saw some very encouraging signs of the market rotation in Asia, and we continue to position our portfolio to focus on those parts of the market where we feel recovery in earnings underappreciated, Brazen said. In particular, we believe that there are a number of overlooked companies offering a strong valuation support, robust cash flow and attractive dividend yield, something we think will be a feature of Asian markets for many years to come. However, Brazen said markets remain significantly disordered between those stocks that are considered safe and or are beneficiaries of COVID-19 and those that continue to suffer. One of the feature, sorry, one feature of the market in recent years is that there has been an all-time high in the concentration of the type, top five stocks with economies recovering and earnings improving, it's much more likely we'll see a broader participation of stocks performing in the market, he said. Overall, the environment at the start of 2021 is encouraging. Favourable valuation disparations will be tested this year as investors begin to focus on recovering earnings and we have seen some vulnerabilities exposed in some of the very expensive companies. Awesome. Well, that was everything out of that magazine for this episode. Um, Yeah, stay tuned to the next one. Thank you. Bye.